Bezrat Hashem, we're starting the very, very last line, half of the line of 31a, Alamet Aleph Aleph. Amar Rabba Barabuhune. Rabba Barabuhune said, Kol Adam Sheesh Bar Any person that has learned Torah. Ben Boy, now we're moving to 31b on the top. Ben Boy Rachamayim. Any person that acquired Torah, but he doesn't have any fear of God. So this is a continuation of what we, where we left it yesterday. He can be compared to a treasurer. They gave him the keys of the inner chambers where the money is or the jewels or whatever. But they didn't give him the keys for the outer chambers. So what, what is going to do? So he won't be able to reach the wealth. So it's the same thing. Even a person acquires many Torah. He learns a lot of Torah. But he doesn't have the proper attitude towards the shame and life with fear of God, reverence. So all the Torah he amassed won't help him a, a lot. Okay. So, Bay Ayel, how can he such a treasurer gain entrance to the inner chambers? Okay. Machrifs, Machrifs Rabbi Rayyanai. And as similar teaching, Rabbi Rayyanai would, procl- would proclaim. Chaval Adeleisle Darta. So he's giving us a, a similar teaching with the following parable. Oi, what to the one that does not have a, a courtyard, especially now in this quarantine, avid. <laughs> nevertheless, he makes himself a gate for a courtyard. So if you live in an apartment building and there's no courtyard and you make a whole door, gate, you cannot get anywhere. So the same thing, if a person has Torah, but he didn't build with the gate to connect to Hashem, which is Hirat Shemaim, he doesn't gain anything about all the Torah that he has. I'm sorry, he built the gate, but he doesn't have the courtyard, meaning to say he doesn't have any access, he cannot go out to be in contact with Hashem by having reverence of Hashem. Omar Rabbi Yudeh, Rabbi Yudeh said, Lo barakadosh baruchu es oilam oi, the only one, blessed be he, created his world, ela kadei sheiru milfanav, only for people can stand in awe of Hashem. Shenemar, there's a pasuk, melokim asa sheiru milfanav, Hashem created the world, and he created things for people to be in awe of him. So it's the same idea that the whole purpose of life is to have a relationship with Hashem. And if we, are, if we as people understand who we are uh, a creature compared to the perfect Holy One, naturally a person has to come to fear of God. I'm going to keep on reading because the Gemara is going to keep on this topic, so I'm going to go back 
how we find this in the Mesilat Yesharim. So the Gemara said like this. Shimon, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lozar. Uh, uh, Simon, Rabbi Simon and Rabbi Lozar, Rabbi Yasvi, these two rabbis were once sitting together. Rabbi Baracha. And a, a rabbi called Rabbi Yaakov Baracha was passing. So initially we don't know who said what to the other one, but because we, they saw him, he told him, Nikumikamei, let us rise before him. The Gabar Dechel Chatainu. This person is Mamishairei Shamaim. Is a fearful of sin. And that deserves reverence and let's stand for him. Omaleidach, the other one told him, you know, let's stand, rise before him. The Gvarbar Orayan, who? He's a big Torah scholar, so that for honor of his Torah, let's rise. So then the first one went back and said, Amarle, Amin Allah, I already told you, Anna, yo, me, the Gvar Dechel Chatainu, that let's stand in, for, in front of him because this man is fearful of sin. The Ambrose and you tell me back at Bar Orayanu that we should stand for him because he does Torah scholar. On the contrary, fear of God is even more important, fear of sin, to show him deference, to show him honor. So this was the case, this was the story. Now the Gemara wants to find out who made more of a point that important is fear of God, and he made more of a point that the important thing is to have a lot of Torah. The Gemara says Testayim, so we can prove that Rabbi Lazar that Rabbi Lazar is the one that he considers fear of sin even more important. And that's why, because uh, Rabbi Yaakov Arada was a person of fear of sin, they should stand before him. Rabbi Yaakov Aracha, I'm sorry. The Amar Rabbi Yohanan Mishra Rabbi Lazar. Because once Rabbi Yohanan said in Emma Rabbi Lazar, the only thing that Hashem has, so to say, in his world, is only the fear of heaven. And we, we know this from a Pasuk Shenemar, Veta Israel. This is a verse that also the book Mesilla Jesharim is based on it. Veta Israel, Mashem Ogrecha Shoel Mimach, Kimila Begimer. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jewish people. And now, for Israel, what does Hashem your God ask, ask from you? Only to fear Him. And even though the verse continues, and actually I mentioned this, this is the whole basis of the Mesilaj Sharim. But nevertheless, we see the highest priority is fear of God. Vexir, yes. Sorry, just interrupt. Surely fear is, is the wrong word to use. You don't fear Hashem. Surely there's a better, better word that can... Re reverence. Reverence. Oh. Now there's, it's very important because, your question is important because the Mesilaj Sharim itself brings our two levels. The 
the level that it's easier to attain is fear of punishment. Fear of punishment is really fear. Like you are afraid. Let's say people, if you know they're gonna catch you speeding in your car, they're gonna give you a big fine. So you don't speed because fear of the fine. So, so at the initial level, fear of getting punished is a good starting point. But nevertheless, says the Mitzila Yisharim, and actually I wanted to speak about it, that once you ask me, let me answer already here, that in the, the Mitzila Yisharim has 10 levels of spiritual growth. And one before the last is Ireichet. Somebody fears, fearful of sinning. And over there he explains that which is one before the highest, which is Kedusha Holiness, is not the one I just mentioned, fear of getting punished, but it's maybe what you meant. It's more like a reverence and awe of Hashem. A person that puts into perspective the greatness of Hashem, He's a creator, everything depends upon Him, and who are we? Just human beings. We completely at his mercy, completely depending on Hashem, that awareness should right away bring a person to be in awe of God. And maybe that's what you meant, and it really, that's what it really is. So, so that's what he says over here. That, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking from the Jewish people, and now he said what Hashem wants from you, that. And the second Pasuk, the Yom Adam, and he said to man, this is also a verse in Job, in Job, in Job, that uh, behold, the fear of God, that is, that is wisdom. And to clarify this, so the verse used the word hen. Hen, literally translating Hebrew into English, Behold, the fear of God, that is wisdom. So in simple translation, translation, the word hen means that. But now the Gemara says that in Greek language, in Greek language, the word hen means one. So also the Mishilaj Shalim brings this in the introduction. And he says that people don't see why is it important to learn Musar. People think that all these things in the verse, to love Hashem and to fear Hashem and to keep its mitzvahs and all that, just do it. It's like a natural thing, just like you eat and you sleep. You just fear Hashem and you just love Hashem. And he brings this game on and he says, no. You see that hen means one and only one is the real and true wisdom. And that is to learn how to, to reach the level of fearing God, of being aware, of, be, of, of being on awe of God. And that is the whole book, Mesilajisharim, to bring us to that level. It's not easy to get there. So you need hen. There's one real wisdom. The only one and true wisdom is to know and learn how to reach the level of fearing God. 
for being a, a, an of God. So going back to the beginning, that's what the Gemara said, that Rabbi Elazar is the one that spoke that the whole purpose of life is to reach this level. And you see in the Mesilo Yesharim, that's actually also what he says, that is the ninth of the tenth levels, beyond it, the highest, higher from, from fear of God, of God, is only Kedusha, which is all, almost already up there. So we see that that is the goal of life. The goal of spiritual perfection is to reach this level of being in awe of God. So says the Gemara, therefore, Rabbi Lozar is the one that must have been the one that said to the other rabbi, let's rise now that Rabbi Yaakov Baraha is passing, because he's a, a person that achieved this level. And the Gemara concludes this time, yeah, definitely you can say that. That Rabbi Lazar is the one that gave more importance to of God. And the other rabbi, which was Rabbi Simoin, was more into wisdom. Okay. Now, because initially the Gemara brought seeming contradictions in Ecclesiastes, in Coeles, the Gemara brings another seeming contradiction and brings the answer. That is Rabula. Rabula explained the following. My dear what is the meaning of that which is written? Alter Arbe. So this is a pasuk also in Koheles that says, don't be too wicked. So he asks a question. Shlomo Melech is telling us, you know what? Just don't be too wicked, but a little bit wicked you can. If you are just a little bit of a guy, a bad guy, it's not a big deal. Obviously not. Ella, rather what he meant, if a person eats garlic, and he already has a bad, a bad bread. It smells strongly. So is the proper way to go to eat and go and eat more garlic? So you can even smell and your breath is gonna smell even worse. Obviously not. So what he meant to say is like this: If a person commits one wrong, one sin, then he should be despondent and say, you know what, I'm already made a sin, so what is the big deal? I can already start making sins. Obviously not. So that is what Shlomo Melech was letting us know. Even if you've done a, a sin, stop over there. Don't keep on doing more sins. Let's move on to the next English side of the page. Dorash Rabba Bar Rabba Hule. Rabba taught the, the following. Mike deceive, what is the meaning of that which is written? Ki en hartzubois lemoisam ubari ulam. This is a reference to the wicked people. So in the verse, this is in the Psalms. So the, 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 simple, explain, the simple translation of the verse is like this. For there are not ties that bite them upon their death, and their strength is robust. This is the literal translation of the verse of David Amelech, referring to the wicked ones. But now in a drasha, in a deeper level, this is what the verse meant. Omar Kadosh Baruch Hu, 
the Holy One, blessed be He, says, Lo la reshoim. It's not enough for the wicked people. Shenam haredin. That save him miyama misa. They have absolutely no fear and no sadness that one day they're going to die. And this is because the word hartsu boys, it can be broken into two words like haredim and atsubim. Har, haredim, fearful, atsubim, sad. So it's not enough that the wicked people, they don't fear and they don't even are sad the one day they're going to die. So again, at the end of the verse, the verse uses the word ulam, meaning to say robust, strong. But also the word ulam in Hebrew means a whole. So not only they are not afraid or sad they're going to die, but even the hearts are robust as the portals of an expansive whole. So this is uh, strength, I'm sorry, the word uh, ulam can be strong and or can be a hole. Meaning to say, just like you have a, a hole and the door, the entrance is big, so when you have a big door to a big hole, it's a sign of strength, like you feel comfortable, you feel okay. So that's what the verse is telling us. These people they don't even care they're going to die and the hearts have no, no problem with the fact that eventually they're going to die. And this is also the same teaching that Rabbah taught. What is the meaning of the verse This is another verse also in Psalms that is being translated. This is their way, talking about the evildoers. It is their folly. So it means to say the following, The wicked ones are aware that destiny is to die. But nevertheless, they are fat on their loins, or in their, Rashi explains it as in their kidneys. We saw in Brachos, at the very end of Brachos, that the kidneys is the place of counsel, of, a, of, a, of a deep knowledge of a person. So even though wicked people are aware they're going to die, nevertheless, their thought, their pleasure-seeking, their materialistic and physical pleasure and seeking blinds them and they live accordingly like to a different reality. They don't care to do Torah mitzvahs. They don't care to become better people working in the middles and do the right thing. They're just going live, just following their desires uh, as if nothing has happened. And then Shema Toimar. Yes. Uh, guy normal, any punishment in the life of the could they not just be saying, well, I might as well do what I want to do here, but the guy is going to happen to me after. Right, that is, that is a free will. Because they don't see any punishment in this world. They're completely, like in the previous teaching, 
they're completely relying that nothing's going to happen in the world to come. They, they, they might not even believe in the world to come. That's exactly the point. And Shema Toimar, you might come to say, Maybe this notion that they're going to die, they forgot about it. And that's why they shouldn't be even blamed for their reckless uh, attitude in this world. But the Pasuk says, The word says that yet of their destiny, their mouths speak soothingly, Selah. So, meaning to say that they think about it. Let me read you the footnote number 19. The wicked have not erased their, their thought of death from their minds. On the contrary, they speak constantly of the evil that awaits them in the afterlife. So they know they're going to die. But yet, they do so with a soothing complacency. Like, ah, what is the big deal? As if there were some far off event not to be taken seriously quite yet. Thus, since the wicked are fully aware that they will die and that the judgment awaits them, their behavior is totally inexcusable. Now, look, I can, I can speak about myself, I cannot speak about others, but I do find myself like that. Because we all know that we're going to die after 120. And the, the question is, are we reliving every single day with this awareness? Like, it's not easy. And that's why we have to learn Musar. We have to bring into our hearts, as in the previous part of the verse, that the fat is in our kidneys, that it's, it's, it's too much physicality blinding us from taking into heart the truth of the matter. Okay, we, we ended up this nice page and a half of Galeta. We're going to move on to the Alaha of Shabbos. So the Mishnah said, if you remember, that Depending, the mission was talking about somebody extinguishing, extinguishing a wick, uh, the candle that was lit, putting, putting, extinguishing the fire. And the beginning of the mission was speaking, if the reasons are because it was a sick person, etc., that's okay. But if the reasons were because he wanted to save oil, or he wanted to save the weak, a thing like that, then he's going to be liable. And then at the very end, the Mishnah said, Rabbi Yossi, he exempts even the, the second category of examples. The only one, according to Rabbi Yossi, is going to be liable. It's if he extinguishes the weak, because he turns the weak into charcoal. So the Gemara wants to analyze this. So the Mishnah said that if he extinguishes the flame to spare the lamb, etc., he's liable. And Rabbi Yossi explains that in all of these cases, he's going to be exempt, except in the case of the weak. Now the Gemara questions. Rabbi Yossi commands Fidole. Rabbi Yossi, remember we had two opinions between Rabbi Yud and Rabbi Shimon. Who is he following? Ike Rabbi Yud if he follows Rabbi Yudah's opinion, that according to Rabbi Yudah, 
even when you do a melacha, no for the is shena tzichel gufa, no for the intended intended purpose of the melacha, but you nevertheless do a melacha, a forbidden labor, a person is liable. So if he follows that opinion, so afilo So even in the in the ones listed before his opinion of Yossi, like somebody puts off, extinguishes the fire because he doesn't want the oil to be consumed. He wants to use the oil later on for a different purpose. So according to Rabbi Yudha, even for that, he should be liable. And if from the other hand, he holds like Rabbi Shimon, he holds like him, that that when you do something, when you don't really need the result of the action, you are exempt. So then, should also be exempt in this case, when he distinguishes just to save the weak. Why does Rabbi uh, say, when he puts off the weak, he's going to be liable because he turned the weak into charcoal? But what? What if he turns the, the wick into charcoal? He doesn't want to use the wick. He's just putting it off. Um, that, that is not the, 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 I'm sorry, that's not the end result of the melacha. What I mean to say like this, according to Rabbi Shimon, only when you do a melacha for the purpose of the melacha, then you're liable. Over here, he didn't need the melacha of extinguishing. He just extinguished it because he wants to use the wick later on. But he didn't have a direct um, benefit of the melacha of extinguishing. So according to Rabbi Shema, she, she, he should be exempt. So Amarula, you're right, he cannot follow Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Yossi, Lolam, can Rabbi Yudah He does subscribe, he follows the opinion of Rabbi Yudah. That even without, in, uh, without the, the direct result of the melacha, nevertheless, you are liable. But why then Rabbi Yossi said in case of weak, he's going to be exempt? Because Rabbi Yossi, that regarding the melacha of soiser, which is dismantling, destroying, if you are soiser, amenaz, leave noise, bim koimo. Only when you dismantle anything with the purpose of putting it back in the same place, that is the melacha of soiser. That is the labor of dismantling and you're going to be liable. But if somebody dismantles and with intention to build not there but in a different place, then over there he's not liable of dismantling. So the same thing over here. When he put off the wick, is because he wants to use it later on in a different place. So it's not considered the melacha of dismantling to use it in the very same place. So that's why according to him, he should be exempt. And the place of the fire is considered the place of the wick. So that's why in the previous case, let's say he put the, the, the wick off 
because he wanted to use the oil, even for a different candle, or, or the candle for a different situation, that, that is exempt because it's not considered for in the same place. Only regarding the wick, let me clarify this point. Maybe I said it wrong before. Only regarding the wick, putting off a wick, and then later on putting it on the same wick, that is considered the same place. That's why he said all the previous cases, like putting off the wick to use the oil later on, using that oil with a different wick is considered in a different place. So dismantling to be used in a different place, it's okay. Only regarding the wick, lighting the very same wick, that is the same place. And that's why he said only in that case, he's going to be liable. Maybe I'm asking the wrong question at the wrong time. When, for example, now when someone lights Shabbos Lech, the Shabbos candles, she's got a lot of candles she lights, and she uses the candle to light the others, and then she puts it down for it to go out by itself. Would it be uh, wrong if she blew that candle out? It's because she's going to use it again next week? No, 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 because this is, this is before Shabbos starts. Before Shabbos starts, this is not a problem. Okay. The problem is, once already Shabbos started, you cannot put off a candle. Okay. Now, the rabbi is going to challenge this explanation. Oh, my rabbi said to Ula, Michli, but hold on. How do we know the 39 private labors from the temple? Whatever was done in the tabernacle, that's what you cannot do on Shabbos. So says, regarding the, the tabernacle, where they travel through the wilderness, when did they dismantle the tabernacle? Was well, because they were traveling. <coughs> I'm sorry, they were traveling to a different place. So then, whenever they build it back again, it was always in a new place. How can Rabbi Yossi say and apply the principle from the dismantling of the tabernacle to the week that only when you do things in the same place, then you are transgressing dismantling? If the principle of dismantling that we see in the, in the tabernacle happened from place to place, they would dismantle in this place, they would travel sometimes for a week or whatever, then they would camp in a different place. And over there, they would build it again. And nevertheless, the Torah said that, this, the, that the labor of dismantling was a melacha. So from where did Ula get that according to Rabbi Yoisi, only when you dismantle and build in the same place, you're going to be liable. So listen to the answer. It's a beautiful concept. Omale. Shani Asa. In the tabernacle was different. Why? Kevin Because it's written, Al-Piyashem Yachanu. That all the troubles of the, of the Yish people is Al-Piyashem Yisuvi, Al-Piyashem Yachanu. According to the word of Hashem, they would travel, and according to the Hashem, they would encamp. So therefore, 
every place that they were, that they went, is considered they were in the same place in Hashem. That is Kesoiser Almenas Libnois Vimkoimodomi. Is similar to dismantling for the purpose of building in the very same place. They give an example. <clears throat> Let's say a mummy going all over the place with her little infant. Wherever she goes, she takes the infant. Like these African ladies, they have this, I don't know how you call it, they put like a garment, something like that, and they're schlepping the baby in the, in the front or in the back. Okay? Now, the mother could have gone to uh, 20 places. The, market went to, the mother went to the park, she went to work, she went to the supermarket, she went to, you name it. But if you ask the baby, where did you go? The baby didn't move. The baby was all the time attached to his mommy. So they said the same thing was the tabernacle. Even though it moved from place to place, but because the tabernacle was always guided by Hashem, it never left Hashem. It was always attached to Hashem. And that's why the melacha of dismantling is only when you're going to build again back into the same place. It was with Hashem and was built, it was dismantled with Hashem and was dismantled and built again with Hashem. So the Musar teaching, which is beautiful about life, is the same thing. If a person has a Muna and a person is always living with Hashem, no matter where he is, he's like this baby with the mother. He's always with Hashem. And he's always going to be protected by Hashem. Just uh, to end up this uh, Gemara, then comes Rabbi Yochanan and he disagrees with Ula. He says, no, Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold by Rabbi Yuda. And the reason why in the other he's exempting and this one he's saying is liable is for a different reason. Rabbi Yossi of the Mishnah, he follows Rabbi Shimon's opinion. That whenever you do Melach Gufa, whenever you do something that is not needed for that defined purpose, nevertheless, you're, you're exempt. So that's why in all the previews, he said they are exempt. And why only but the last one, which is in the uh, putting off, extinguishing the wick, he said you're going to be liable. So he said, he follows the following principle, and we saw it previously a couple of pages ago. We saw this previously, either in the name of Rabbi Amnuna or the name of Rabbi Adabaraba, that Ahabe Psila Shetzadich Levaaba Askinan. In this case, Rabbi Yos is dealing with a wig that needs to be singed. It's a new one, has never been. Uh, turn on, lit, singed, and therefore the person is first lighting the wick, so it gets singed, and by that it's going to be able to be used properly, and then when he's extinguishing it, this is a direct intention to help 
and to better the weak. So this is not something you don't intend. You do intend. It's a proper melach. In that case, even Rabbi Shimon could agree that the person is liable. They come in second manner. But by doing that, distinguishing the weak, he's in effect fixing the utensil, the weak. And the Gemara is going to prove that that is the case of the Mishnah. Omar Rabbe. And Rabbe said, like anami. You can infer exactly through the wording that this is the reading of the Mishnah, the precise reading of the Mishnah. Why the Kesani? Well, how does the Mishnah say that going to Rabbi Yossi, he's going to be loved. Why? Because by putting off the wick, extinguishing the wick, he turns it into charcoal. The Lokesani, and he didn't say that he had already been a wick that had already been into charcoal. Meaning to say, it's not that this was already a wick that already had it been made into charcoal to understand, according to Rabbi Uda, that that's why, even though he didn't intend anything over here, because he put it something that has already been into charcoal to be used later on, he's going to be liable. The wording is because now he's turning it into charcoal. Now he's making this wick into a wick. And now, therefore, his melacha she gufa is a labor with the intent. And that's what Abishim would say. In that case, for sure, he's going to be liable. So the Gemara says, Shmamina. Yeah, you're right. That this interpretation is true. Okay. So, says the new Mishnah. For three transgressions, women die in childbirth. We're going to see the Gemara is going to explain why childbirth, that it's a very dangerous situation for a lady. If ladies are not careful with the three mitzvahs that are incumbent upon ladies, which is the loss of nida, which means tersa mishpacha, the purity, that after they have the period, they have to be clean and then go to the mikvah. Chala, we also spoke about it, to separate a portion of the dough and put, be put aside for the kohen. Nowadays, we don't give it to the coin. It's not pure, so we burn it, or we double wrap it and throw it. And the kindling of the Shabbos candle. This is the Mishnah. So now we're going to go back to philosophy, to Agadita. So the Gemara asks, why these three things and why in the childbirth? Neither my time... Why, if she's not careful with Nida, with the Tertha um, Mishpacha, with the loss of purity of the home? Omar Rabitza said, So she rebelled, she did something wrong through the chambers of her womb, meaning to say the loss of cleansing, spiritually cleansing herself from menstruation. Therefore, Hashem is going to punish her. She's going to be stricken. Is he stricken? Yeah. 
in the chambers of her womb when she's about to give birth. The Gemara says, okay, Tinach Nida, that works out regarding the case of Nida, of a lady for menstruation purity of the home. But what are you gonna relate relate and connect by not separating Hala and by not being careful with candle lighting? Says Gemara, you're right, let's go to a different route. There was a certain rabbi from the Galilee that he told the following drasha to Rabbi Baruch the Holy One, bless be he said, so he's going to give three things that give a person life. So according to the Gemara, the minimum amount of blood that a person needs to live is a Rebiz. It's a very small measurement. It's only, it's only um, 86 milliliters. So some explain that this is where the soul is attached to it. So I gave human beings this release of blood for them to hold on to the soul. So therefore, says Hashem, al iskedam izartieschem, if I caution you to be careful with the matters of blood, meaning to say nida, if you are not, if the lady is not careful with blood, so blood can I get blood? You are not careful with your loss of your blood, I'm gonna take away the blood I gave you. That is for Nida. So let's move, please go to Lamed Beisal, to 32. Then, Reshis Korasi Eschem. So the, the prophet Yermiyahu calls the Jewish people Reshis. It says, Israel is holy, I'm reading footnote number one. Israel is holy to God and the first of his grain, Reshis the, the gun. All that devour him will be held accountable. That's the whole verse. So it's called Reshis Dagan. Reshis Tua, I'm sorry. Reshis Tuasa. Looking Russian. Reshis Tuasa. The beginning of the grain. So says Akadosh Baruch Al iskei reshis izart yeschem. Those have cautioned you concerning the matters of the first. So also the Chala, there's a verse that calls it reshis. Reshis arisoseichem. The beginning, the first of your dough, of your kneading. So if you are not careful with my reshis, with the beginning of your door that should be separated for the Kohen, I'm going to take your life away because you also call a Reshis. And the third one, we saw this verse previously, the, the candle, the soul, I'm sorry, the soul have placed within you is called a candle. We saw this previously, it was recently, I don't remember it was yesterday or Friday. It says, the candle of God is man's soul. So, said Hashem, I have a question you concerning the matter of the candles, meaning to say you have to uh, kindle Shabbos candles. So, 
If you fulfill these responsibilities, the three of them, everything is good. But if you don't know, I'm going to be back, take away your souls. So, to be honest with you, in, in, in this explanation, I understand why through these scenes, but I don't know if the Gemara is coming to answer why at the time of birth. Maybe later on, through a different teaching. Okay. Ah, uh, ah, so yeah, for sure. Now that, that now the government is gonna ask that question. You're right. This explains why through those three scenes ladies die. But why is at the time that when they gave birth? So the Gemara says, Amarove. So the Gemara is gonna bring many many sayings where people would say and from those sayings we're going to compare it to a lady's giving birth the first one is goes like this people would say if you see the dogs has fallen like a, a bull sharpen the knife so the meaning is like this, to, to be shoichet, to, to slaughter an ox, you have to bring it down to the floor and then shecht it. But if the ox has already fallen, he's already laying down in the ground, then it's easier. It's halfway through. Just sharpen the knife and shecht it. So when a lady is given birth, She's already in a situation of danger. So that's why in that situation, then it's easier for the Malachamabes just to take her soul away. A similar idea. Havaya said, Omar Tafish Tedus Amsa, let the maid increase her rebellion. Behad Matra Levi, and then you strike her with the rod at once to be punished. So over here they explain it, Raj explains that all this is a connection with Chava that she ate from the Etzadas, from the forbidden fruit. So everything, the ladies, descendants of Chava, it's interesting, right? Because where both well, men or women were descended from Adam and Eve, but because our ladies are more like related to Chava, so a lady is an extension of Chava. So whatever Chava did wrong, it also extends to the ladies, and that's why they get punished. Now, why particularly at the time of birth, that with this saying, I really don't know. Rav Amar Shavkele Ravia. So he said, Leave the drunk. If somebody is drunk, just leave him alone. He is going to fall down on his own. So this is a very interesting explanation, which it is. And also later on, the camera is going to go to this topic. A person has a status quo. So if a person is healthy, for Hashem to punish that person, needs to remove him from his status quo and bring him to be 
sick. But if a person is already sick, a, a, a lady in childbirth, he's already in a situation of danger. So now her status quo is almost to be dead. So for her not to die, Hashem needs to have mercy and take her out, out of her danger. So this is the example of the drunk person. If a drunk person is there, let him alone. The status quo of a drunk person, he's going to just fall. Similarly is this lady. Okay, another example. Maruk ve Omar, Maruk said, Raya Higra. You have a shepherd that is crippled, and therefore, ve Izei Reatan. All the goats are running, but because they, 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 they run faster than him. Because he's lame, he cannot walk fast, he goes slow. He's crippled. But above Chutra Milei, at the gate of the pen, when the sheep cannot escape because it's a fence over there, then there'll be the words of reproach. And away, Dorei Hushbena. And at the door of the corral, there is a judgment. So this is a similar idea. That look in the phone number eight. That the shepherd may be lame. But they, when the gods are penned and they cannot escape, then he's going to be able to catch up with them and he's going to discipline them. In the same way, a woman, when she's healthy, so then Hashem is not punishing her. But now, when she's in childbirth, she's in danger. So at that time, she needs, again, that miracles of Hashem to be saved. Another expression. Rapope Omar, Abab Hanavasa, Nafishi Achei Umerachemei. So at the door of the store, there are plenty of brothers and friends. Abab Ebizionei, Lachei Belumerachemei. At the door of humiliation, there are neither brothers nor friends. So look again in the footnote number nine. That the dog, the dog, the, the, the storekeeper who has access to riches will find that he suddenly has many friends, right? When a person is doing good, everybody wants to be his friend. But what happens when he loses all his money? Then every, all the friends are going to desert him. In the same token, when a woman experiences his difficulties of childbirth, her heavenly advocates will abandon her and she will come a much more vulnerable to danger. Okay. Now let's continue. The Gemara asks, okay, this goes okay regarding a lady. What about men? We don't give birth. So when does Hashem searches and punishes a man, if he did something wrong. The Gemara says, Omar Ishlakish, when people are crossing a bridge. Probably nowadays, bridges are more steady, more strong, and it's not a, as, they are not as danger, dangerous. But anytime a person goes 
through a dangerous situation, like crossing a bridge, then Hashem is going to check if he deserves to be saved or not. And this is what the Gemara clarifies. Gesher Vesuloi, Rish Lakish meant only with a crossing a bridge and no more? And the Gemara says, no, that's what he said. Eima, that's what he meant. Kein Gesher. He's, any situation like crossing a bridge. Look in the footnote number 11 as an example. Somebody walking near an, a wall that is not so strong, or somebody setting on a trip, going to a journey. Any situation of danger, Hashem is going to check if this person merits to be saved or no. Now, the Gemara brings examples how different sages and moraim would be careful not to get in situations of danger. Rab, the famous Rab, lo Rab will not cross a river on the same boat that an idolater was seated on it. Why not? Omar, he would say, Dilma, Dinale. Maybe Hashem is going to judge this idolater for the sins that he had committed. You know, even non-Jews have to keep seven mitzvahs of Bnei Noyach. Maybe this person didn't. So therefore, maybe he's going to punish this person. And by me being on the same plane that this person, plane, I'm going to give you an example of plane, in the same boat of this person, maybe the boat is going to sink, and I'm not sinking together with this guy. Mr. Fina Beade, I will be meet, I'm sorry, will meet Fisna Beade, and I will be taking away in this calamity together with him. So according to Rav, he would never fly on an airplane that, was, uh, that wasn't uh, like a private plane that he would know who is on the airplane because he was scared that he's flying on an airplane with somebody that doesn't have any merits and the airplane might end up crashing because of the other guy. The interesting thing, Shmuel would do the other way around. Shmuel, he with Badafka only go on a boat, there is very evil Kohabim, that it was an idolater over, here, over there. Why? Why? Omar, he would say, Sitna Besrei Umei Lo Shalit. The Satan does not have power over two nations at the same time. So, meaning to say, look in the footnotes, an Amalach, an angel, cannot fulfill two missions at once. So, therefore, Shmuel used to say, there's one mission to kill a Jew and one mission to kill a non-Jew. So if I'm in a boat with a non-Jew, he, he cannot do both at once. So according to Shmuel, it would be even better going on an airplane with different nationalities. The more diverse the people on the airplane, the less of a chance the, the airplane is going to crash. Rabbi Yanai Badi Another way, another precaution, Rabbi Yanai. Sorry, before he would take a boat, he would check that there's no leaks and the boat is 100% okay. Okay, but Rabbi Yanai says again, Moraletame, he was following his own reasoning. Because Rabbi Yanai would say, 
Le'olam ad yamod adam bemakom sakana. A person should never stand on a dangerous place. Lomar, and saying, Shasin lanes, that Hashem is going to make a miracle for him. He should never say such a thing. Why? Shem ay no sin lanes. Then Hashem won't make a miracle and he's going to end up dying. And, then, and even in Mosin Oleis, and even if Hashem makes a miracle for him to save him, Menachim Lom is Yusab. Hashem is going to deduct the fact that he needs to make a miracle for this person from his merits. Meaning to say, he might be saved, but Hashem is going to take away some of the word that he gained for the world to come as, as some pay that Hashem had to make a miracle for him to save him. And now the Gemara brings up. Yes. Does that mean if you're in a situation of trouble? Yeah. Let's say um, you had an accident, you pinned out a motor car, and if something doesn't come along and, and lift the car, you're going to die. And then by some kind of miracle, you get out. Is that, you're going to have to pay a price for that at a later stage? Only, only if you were negligent. If, if you were negligent in some point, and that's what caused your accident, then Gamora says, yeah, that, that, that is going to be subtracted from the word of the, of the, your reward of the world to come, if you were negligent. So we have to be very careful not to place ourselves in situations of danger. Another Gemara is going to bring a verse to prove that point. Maikra, Amar Abhanin. What is the verse proving this point? Maikra. Jacob Avinu, when he came back after living 20 years with Laban, he came back with his four wives and 11 sons and one daughter. And he was about to approach Asaf. And he found out that Asaf was coming with 400 people to kill him. So he dived into Hashem to save him. And he said, I've been diminished by all the kindness and by all the truth that you have done for your servant. Meaning to say, he was concerned that maybe all the blessing that he received in those 20 years at Laban, that he had a family and wealth and all that, maybe that was already some of the payment that Hashem paid him for all the good that, uh, for, for saving him and, and, and the things that happened to him previously. And um, he was scared. Now he wouldn't have uh, merits to be saved from Asaph. Okay. Another precaution, Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera Shuta. In the days that he saw like a very strong winds. Shuta is the, the wind of the south. He wouldn't walk out to walk between the palm trees because he feared maybe one of the wind would cause one of them to fall upon him. So again, if there's a situation of danger, don't place yourself in danger. Like in Johannesburg, this hectic uh, um, how do you call them? When it's raining with the lightning. lightning. Yeah? So if you see lightning, don't go out to the streets. Don't take showers. 
Don't put yourself in situations of danger. Okay? Omar Rabbi Tzak, brother of Yude. A person should always daven, ask mercy from Hashem, that he should not become ill. Why? If a person should in fact become ill, so the, the, the heavenly tribunal would, so to, as it were, would say, Now it shows you you have the merit for us to save you, for you to be free from that illness. So again, going back to the concept of status quo. If a person is healthy, so he's in the status quo, in the situation that uh, he, he merits, I mean, he, he, he doesn't have to be sick, he doesn't have to die. But if a person is already sick, he leaves the status quo of being healthy, now he has to prove that he deserves to be cured by Hashem. So let me apply this to what's going on with the virus now. There's a hectic virus going on all over the world. In America and other countries, it's going really very hectic. So we have to take extreme measurements not to get contagious. As long as we're not contagious, as long as we're home and we are healthy, the status quo is in our favor. But if somebody gets a virus and now he is contagious, now he's in the other side of the fence. Now he needs to prove to Hashem that he deserves to be cured. So that's why it says over here, Rabbi Itzak, brother of Judah, Daven not to become healed because it's easier. It's, it's less of a request. When we dive into Hashem, protect me, not become ill. That is a better request than if you already became sick to dive into Hashem to cure you. And uh, the Gemara brings also a verse for this concept. Omar Marukve. Maikra. How do we find a verse proving this principle? Because the Torah introduces one of the 613 mitzvahs, which is to have a, fel, a fence protecting your roof. If you have a roof, or you have any part of your building that is open, that people can fall from it, the Torah requires to make a fence. <clears throat> and the Torah phrases it, if a fallen one falls from him, then the person is going to be guilty because he didn't put a fence to the roof. Now, the, the word mimenu can either mean can either mean from it, from the roof, or the word mimenu can mean from the person. So it says like this, if a fallen one fall, falls from him, so now the, the Gemara is going to use the word from him, not going to the roof, not as it is referring to the roof, but, but if, as if it's referring to the person. From whom he means 
that now that he has fallen, is from him to bring evidence that he's worth that he's worth worthwhile to live. Anofel, Anofel Mimenu, the one that fell down, Mimenu from him to being approved that he deserves to survive. The Gnade Gemara brings another idea from the first from the same verse. Tana Devei Rabbi Shmuel. In the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel, they taught the verse like this. Ki pol menu. Again, the word anoifel, when somebody that is anofel falls, is a little bit of a redundancy. So why does it say if a fallen one falls from the roof? So the Gemara says, Rau pol This person fell down from the roof, but because he was already anoifel. From the beginning of creation, he was already deserving to fall from the roof. How could it be from the six days of creation? Because Hashem, for Hashem, there's no past, present, or future. Hashem is above time. So from the beginning of creation, Hashem already saw the future. And Hashem already saw that this guy did something wrong, and he deserves to die by falling from a roof. So that's why he's called Anoifel. The one that is already about to fall down. Nevertheless, says the verse, make a fence for this guy not to fall down from your roof. Now, uh, just just to end up the, the explanation, Sharelo Nafal, he hasn't fall down, like a corona fell, and nevertheless the, the verse already calls him somebody this fall one, a fallen one. So why do the text calls this one, this one, a full one, and then requires the owner of the roof to make a fence? And why, if he falls down, the blood of the one that fell down is going to be on his hands? If in any case he was already destined because of his transgressions to fall down? Because we have a principle. Hashem always always benefit always benefit is imparted throughout one who is meritorious, and arm throughout one who is guilty. In other words, don't do something that something bad happened through you. This guy is gonna die. But why should be the one through whom you brought his death into the world? Why were you negligent in making a fence to your roof and therefore being the messenger through whom Hashem brought death to that other guy? Always protect yourself that no liability is, happens to somebody else because of you. And from the other hand, all, always do right things that only th- good things come out of your deeds. The Gemara is going to continue on the topic. Don Rabbanan, Mishechala, if a person already got ill, Venatalamus, and he's already leaning towards death, Omrim Loim, so people that are around him, his relatives or his friends, should tell him, it's Vade, you know what? Confess already your sins 
like a dead person before he dies. I mean, somebody about to die, he should do vidu, he should confess. And so not only somebody that clearly is about to die, anybody that is ill should confess. Why? We learn in Sanhedrin, the Gemara teaches in Sanhedrin, that somebody that was already um, found guilty by the Sanhedrin of a capital punishment. Somebody that the Sanhedrin already decided he's going to be put to death. Before they would execute him, somebody will tell him, confess, do a vidui. And like that, you can have a kapara, an atonement, and that will enable you to be Go, to go to the world to come. So the Gemara adds over here, not only people that are so clearly about to die, anybody that ends up being sick should be concerned, maybe this is time to die, and should therefore confess. The Brasa continues, Adam Yutzel Shuk, and this, again, this completely applies to the situation we live in now with this virus. Adam Yotzelashuk, a person sets out to the marketplace. So not by just walking in the street thinking that everything is okay. Yet enough, he should consider himself, commission himself the Sardiot, as he was already somebody that, it is, that has been handed, handed, handed over to a Roman officer of the of the court and he is being he's being escorted to stand in trial now we're talking uh, look in the footnotes in the marketplace marketplace in the past was a, a dangerous place to to be so what the human is teaching us whenever you are in a situation that you are a little bit of danger you should picture yourself as if you have been taken already by the Romans, they were quite cruel people to the court, and they're going to decide whether you are guilty or innocent. So the same thing now with this corona thing, that is a dangerous situation on the street, it's a dangerous situation wherever you go, we should think like this. Now, if a person already he already became so sick, that he already is in bed, he's even worse. As if somebody has already been... Ah, oh, no, 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 sorry, I skipped, I skipped two lines. Sorry about that. I went already to the other extreme. So the first case is with only walking on the marketplace. Now, if a person is having a little bit of a headache, a mild headache, he should think as if he already placed him in chains by the Romans. It's already more hectic. It's not just like being taken to trial. He's already on chains. Now, if if a person is already so sick, he's already in a bed, then he should think as if he's already uh, if he's already been taken to be brought to the scaffold to be judged. Look in the footnote number 27. The Gardom scaffold was a place where prisoners were tortured 
or executed in Roman times. Now, if a person is sick in bed, he should figure out, according to the heavenly judgments, as if it's already being take, take, to be taken by the Romans to be killed. Anyone has sense to the scaffold to be judged is in mortal danger. Now, in if he has powerful advocates negotiating for, on his behalf, he's going to be saved. But if not, he will not be saved. And these are the true advocates of a person that can save him when he's seriously ill. Only repentance and good deeds. Now, the Gemara is going to elaborate on this, on the um, saving power of these good deeds. Says Gemara, even a person has 999 heavenly accusers. You know, there's a mission in Pirkeavos that says like this. Whenever a person does a mitzvah, that mitzvah creates for the person an um, advocate, an angel that is his advocate, defending him. And Max, let me tell you, and everyone listening to the recording, good news. Every word, every word that we learn, that they will speak, or you hear, of Torah is a mitzvah. And the Chafiz Chaim says, an average person speaks 200 words a minute. So if you have been hearing for over an hour, sure, multiply 200 times 60, or whatever it was, a sheer long, that's the amount of mitzvahs that you acquire. And every mitzvah you acquire, it's an advocate defending you. So even, listen to this, even if a person has 999 angels accusing him, and only one heavenly advocate speaking about his merit, Nitzayil, he will be saved. Shenemar, in Yeshalaf Malach Melitz. This is an Eov. Even if there's an angel over him, an intercessor, Echad Mili Elef, Echad Mili Olef, says the Pasuk, even one out of a thousand, Nagid Adam Yoshroi, to declare for a man his righteousness, Vayechunenu, Hashem is going to be gracious to him, Vayomer Pedro, Mirel Shachas, Matzati Koifer. Save him, redeem him from descending into the pit because I have found an atonement for him. So unbelievable. Even if you have one merit out of 999 accusations. And Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yosef Glili, Omer, in the same price, comes Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Rabbi Yosef Glili, to add, Even if that accuser has 999 Lechoiva accusing you. Okay? And there's another 999 advocating your guilt. So it's 999 angels against you and another one with 999 accusing you and only Echad Leschus 
and only one advocate of merit needs oil this would apply you're going to be saved because that is what the, the verse of, is saying an intercessor a defender uh, an advocate one out of a thousand so even in that situation you're going to be saved just uh, let's end up this is the last stretch of this page so Tanurabanan is been taught in a Braisa. And Shalo Shabero is Nashim Mesois. One second, let me read again. And Shalo Shabero is Nashim Mesos Yoldos. Ah, Yoledos. For three transgressions, women die while giving birth. This was our Mishnah. And we said the three things, which is by not being careful with the laws of the mikvah, separating hala or lighting Shabbos candles. Now, Rabbi Lazar Oimer, Rabbi Lazar de Tana says, not only they can die while giving birth, in general they can die. Nashim Mesos Yelados, not Yoldos, Yeladois, which means a Yalda means a young lady. Even not in the childbirth, but these transgressions can be the cause of a young lady to die. Rabacha says, and Rabacha is going to add more than just these three. Women can die if they are not careful and they wash the children's excrement from the clothes on Shabbos. Now, a lady might think, listen, this is a necessity, this is a need, and uh, I need to, I need the clothes for my, nappies for my baby, so I need to wash them on Shabbos. But nevertheless, it's a transgression. The Torah didn't give exceptions. The Torah said, you cannot wash a clothes on Shabbos. Nowadays, it's easy because you have nappies, these uh, nappies you throw them away. This is more like in the past. But uh, Rabbi Acha said, even for that, a woman can be punished and die. Uh, and die. And so even now, the following case, when they speak about the Aron Kodesh on the shul, and just call him like a chest, like a cover, like, like a cover, like a closet. And this is a disrespect for the Aron Kodesh. Tanya, it was done in a brisa. Rabbi Shmuel ben Elazar Oimer, Ve'avonish neid varim ame'aretz meisim. For the account of two sins, the ignorant people die before the time. Ashikorin le'aron ha'kodesh arna, this the very same example, they are calling the holy ark chest, just like a cover, without respect. Ashikorin le'besa akneses beisam. And when they call the shul, they call it Hall of the People. Meaning to say, either they, they disrespect, either they disrespect the shul, or for them, shul is not a place where you go to Daven and get close to Shem. It's when you go to shul just to schmooze and to talk to your friends like a social gathering. 
So on account of that, people kill the Amiratim. So let's again learn Musar now in this virus quarantine that Hashem is not allowing us to go to shul. Maybe that's why. Let me just open to Mimi and then we're about to finish. I'll be teaching from Mimi's room. <laughs> I, I invited her privacy. So just to end up this case, this example. So maybe Hashem has taken away our opportunity to go and dive in shul because we don't respect shuls properly. So without shame, let this virus end soon. Then without shame, us be able to go back to shul soon with a proper attitude. Just to end up this page, just a few more lines to go. Tanya, it was Tony Rabraiza, Rabbi Yossi Eimer. Rabbi Yossi says, Shosha, Bidkei Misa, Niveru Beisha. There are three. Bidkei is from inspectors. We had also this Gemora in Brochos regarding Chana. And actually the word Chana is the initial of these three mitzvahs that the Gemara is about to bring, which are, well, let's, let's first see one, the other opinion said instead that he called them inspectors, Bidkei, Veamrila, Divkei. It sounds like a di dyslexic person that changed the order of the, of the letters. Instead of BK, he read DIVK. Now DIVK means bonds, but, but, but are the same. And the Gemara soon just end up is gonna tell us the difference between one and the other. So either there are three inspectors of a lady, or there are three bonds that can kill a lady. And the other ones that we have been speaking about them, Nida Chalabat Lakasandel. Not to be careful with the mikvah, not to be careful with separating the challah, and not to be careful with kindling the Shabbos candles. So the word Hana and the word the Gemara brought these three, this Gemara, we saw it regarding Hana, that Hana, the mother of Shumal the prophet, couldn't have children. And she told Hashem, are you suspecting me of being not careful with any of these three? And you don't want me to have a child not to die in labor? I'm very careful with the three of them. So this is the initials of the word Hana. Hana, Het stands for Chala, then Nun stands for Nida, and then the Hey starts for Adlaka Saner. So she was careful with the three of them. And just to end up with this, so the Gemara says, Chada Kerabi Lozar, Bechada Kerabanan. So in the top of this column, Go just to the top of this column. Rabbi Lazar said that lady can die even young, not only when they give birth. So he would render the word as divke, three bones of death. But at the end of the previous column, Chachamim said only when they are giving birth. So that is bidke, inspectors. So According to Chachamim, there are three inspectors when the lady is given birth that come to inspect. If she is careful with these three mitzvahs, then Hashem is going to protect her when she gives birth and she's going to survive. But if not, she's going to die. And according to Rabbi Lazar, 
don't read bit k as inspectors but div k bonds that uh, dead can attach itself to a lady in any moment of her life even if she's young if she's not careful with these three mitzvahs Hashem should protect us and protect the entire Jewish people Shekoyach Max Fabi Macharusa this morning okay